Hello, Dr. Dyke Drummond here at the home of TheHappyMD.com in beautiful Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the latest episode of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. Tools so you can recognize and prevent your own burnout. Stories of burnout put to its highest and best use. And wellness leadership strategies. Everything you need to be a physician on purpose. Hello again, Dr. Dyke Drummond at our home in beautiful Seattle, Washington of vhappymd.com. And this is the latest edition of the Physicians on Purpose podcast. It's our first podcast of 2024. Wahoo for the year ahead. And I have a special guest here. I'm really excited. Dr. Robin Tiger, MD. And she's going to talk to us today about how you create positive change in your life on multiple different levels and her whole person approach to physician well-being. Robin, welcome to the show. Wahoo. <laughs> Wahoo, yeah. I'm excited to be here kicking off 2024 with you and everyone listening. Amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about 2024. We won't necessarily go into that on this Wahoo first broadcast of the year, but uh, let's start out on a positive note in a defensive stance, ready to deal with all this stuff that's going to come your way this year because a whole bunch came last year, but last year was just the prequel. And let's talk about making positive change. Let's talk about creating positive change in your life. And you, t- you also focus on a lot on the physical aspects too. I can say that for me, I usually focus on the vocational aspects, how to take your job out of the running for the most stressful thing in your life. You are certified though in the big L. Lifestyle medicine. Lifestyle medicine and some other things. So let's talk about, let's talk about when you meet a client a typical client, talk about how you begin to approach their well-being and how you help them create a process of their own for positive change. Yeah. Well, first, maybe we should kind of tell everybody what lifestyle medicine is a little bit. Yeah, go for it. don't know what that is, right? And so for anyone listening who doesn't know, lifestyle medicine is one of the newer board specialties in medicine. I have the honor and privilege of serving as lead faculty and subject matter expert in stress management for the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Oh, wow. and yeah, it was it was a couple of years uh, in the coming of the making of the new board review manual. It was published this past spring and very excited that thousands of docs were able to utilize that information to study for the boards they just took. Um, lots of happy campers. So, so hang on uh, a second. You wrote the chapter and they got tested on what you wrote. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. The, the <laughs> section on emotional mental health and well-being was my section that I helped co-author in the new manual. And it was so it was actually really lovely uh, during our annual conference in November. And of course, also through social media, several docs reached out and said, thank you. Thank you for being the calm in the storm of my studies. When I got to your video and I heard your voice, it just calmed right me down on. so much. And that section was so calming. So it's really kind of really lovely <laughs> to be able to help people feel calm while they're studying for their boards in that way. But yes, I was really privileged and honored to to hold that position. Right so, on. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. And and back to lifestyle medicine. So, you know, it's like when we, we think about traditional medicine, we think about a very disease-oriented, a disease management kind of practice where someone, patient comes in with something and we're managing that thing. So somebody comes in with 
elevated blood sugar and they're diabetic and we're giving them meds for that. Somebody comes in with elevated blood pressure and they're hypertensive, we're giving them meds for that and so on. And what our research has shown us over the years is that we can actually prevent, reverse, and sometimes treat symptoms, illnesses, and diseases by focusing on six key pillars of behavior, of lifestyle. And those are stress management, healthful nutrition, sleep, exercise, social connection, and risky substances slash I like to call them escapes, things that we escape from. And that all six of those pillars are like spokes on a wheel. And the wheel doesn't work unless we actually focus on all of them. And all of those spokes need to be really healthy and gain attention so that they can allow you to be the healthiest, happiest person that you are, that you want to be and reverse anything that's going on. And so the medical literature has been amazing being able to show back with Dean Ornish's work. And then we have Esselden's work and so on moving forward. And of course, you know, Dr. Campbell's work that, that we focus on these behavior changes and people get better or they reverse or actually prevent getting sick, which 80% of chronic disease in our country, in the world is from lack of focus on these behavior changes, hypertension, diabetes, stroke, heart disease, and cancer, and so on. So this is so exciting because traditional medicine is let's just kind of manage what's going on. And lifestyle medicine says, hey, let's prevent and reverse what's going on. So that's what got me so excited about this field of medicine in that we can really make such a difference at the opposite end of the spectrum. I feel my telomeres lengthening just in our conversation. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually an amazing, amazing benefit. So research shows that when you focus on these six key pillars, you actually do lengthen your telomeres. And did you ever have yours checked? No. I did. <laughs> oh, really? I did. I actually did. So after studying this work for decades and really being curious, for those of you listening um, a reminder about your telomeres is that they are the protective ends of your chromosomes. They're likened to the little plastic ends of shoelaces called aglets, for those of you who like to do word games, <laughs> right? And so when those aglets, those plastic pieces of your shoelaces break and fall off, you know what happens? Your shoelace frays and you need to get a new one. Well, with your chromosomes, the length of your telomere actually determines your longevity. It tells you how long you're going to live. And that's because they represent your life. And over time, our telomeres naturally shorten, but there are certain things that make them shorten more quickly. And a big one is stress and illness, right? And so what we want to do is we want to prevent them from prematurely shortening and the excellent news is we can actually make them grow. We can actually put those nucleotides back on the ends of our chromosomes and lengthen them. So you have your chronologic age. Someone says to you, how old are you? And you come up with a number. 65. 65. <laughs> and then you have your cellular age. That's how old you are actually on the inside at the cellular level. And those numbers aren't necessarily the same. Right. Your inside age can be equal to more than or less than. Yep. And so I had mine tested. I'm currently 58 and I had them tested when I was 52 and it came back as 
36, which means that my cellular age is 36 at the age of chronologically 52. So what's the math there? <laughs> I was like 16 years younger. Wear your seatbelt. At the cellular level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then the chronologic level. So that's also super exciting that not only can you feel better, but you actually change your genetics. You change your longevity. You actually can add years onto your life by taking care of yourself in certain ways. Yeah, and I've heard it expressed as lifespan versus health span as well, right? Yes, exactly. So, so, so hit those yeah. six points again, and we want to hear them one yeah. more time. Okay, so in no particular order. Right. <laughs> of course, you know, as a stress-free MD, I'm putting stress management first. But we have stress management, healthful nutrition, exercise, sleep, social connection, and risky substances slash escapes. Okay, great. How about this one? Where does a yeah. medical career for a physician fit in? In the risky piece? No, the risky piece is escaping, drinking, doing drugs, gotcha, gotcha. Um, internet shopping, gambling, uh, overworking, you know, over anything, you know, doing running away from anything, you know, um, anything that that you're doing to escape from whatever's currently happening in your life. Gotcha. So yeah. I would I would envision this as lifestyle. Let's just envision this. I'll do one of my gastronomic mm -hmm. metaphors. Okay. Envision a big pot of soup and all those six ingredients are in there. Yeah. It's on a stove. Mm -hmm. If I'm a doctor, there's a lot of heat under this soup and it's boiling mm -hmm. because of the stress mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. sleep deprivation mm -hmm. and all the stuff that goes along with me being a doctor. How do you get doctors to focus on these non-job oriented factors at least they they appear mm -hmm. to me superficially to be not particularly oriented to the job mm -hmm. and the job is a source of stress that's the heat under the pot mm -hmm. how do you get doctors you mean i got to exercise too i mean how do you deal with those kind of objections right yeah so first of all when the student's ready the when the right. <laughs> the teacher appears right? right and so back to original question is you know people need to want to make changes in their life so once they recognize that hey I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't feel good. I don't, I don't feel good at work. I don't love my job. I'm screaming at my kids. My marriage is on the rocks. I, nothing brings me joy anymore. I'm living in this sea of anhedonia, right? And so it's that individual that, that, wants, that wants help. And you know, people frequently say like, oh, the healthcare system is broken. Don't tell me to do these things. It's the healthcare system's problem. I'm not the problem. And I say, you're right. And they look at me like, what? And I say, you're right. The healthcare system does have so many problems right now. You can call it broken. You can call it whatever you want. But it's there are two factors here. There's the healthcare system, and then there's the human. And although you can't control what's going on necessarily at your workplace, there are people working really hard to try and fix a lot of the issues there. The only thing you can control is yourself and your own health and your own well-being. Yep. And those are the individuals that I love <laughs> to support. Well, and those are the those are the discussions that I've seen develop over time amongst us that are well-being and burnout prevention coaches. Mm -hmm. There was a time when everybody focused on the resilience of the doctor. Doctors mm -hmm. are resilience by sheer fact that we survived the residency education process. Our mm -hmm. resilience is second to none. Any manager that questions the resilience of a physician should be slapped silly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the pendulum has swung to say, no, it's moral injury. 
It's all the workplace. Doctors are perfect just the way they are. Don't teach me to meditate. Don't have me exercise. Don't let me take, don't have me take responsibility for anything. And actually, like most things, the answer is in the middle. Yes, and yes, there are stressors built into the system that we can address organizationally. And yes, you must take responsibility for the things you can do today to make yourself feel better today. Mm-hmm. And if you point at the system and say, it's the system, I'm being oppressed, like a Monty Python, right? I'm being oppressed, right? You're playing the victim. So stop it. What can you do? Robin's going to tell us some of the things he can do. Yes, you mentioned victim, you know, and we know what it's like to feel like the victim. And I always like to say that in every situation, you are either the victim or the victor. And so how do you get to be the victor? That's when you take charge of your life. And that's when you say, hey, what can I do to make myself healthier and happier now? And like you mentioned, health span versus lifespan, how can I lengthen my health span <laughs> to, to get closer, if not to match my lifespan? So how am I investing in myself now so that I can run around and chase my grandchildren <laughs> someday and feel really, really good? Yeah. And any time that you're the three signs that you're playing the victim are blame, justify, complain without changing your behavior. Because mm. you always have agency with very rare exceptions when you're actually being victimized by somebody. But that's not very common in our workplace. Yeah, that's so good. And you know, I always come back to something Einstein said. He said, you know, a problem cannot be solved unless you, you know, if, unless you change the level of consciousness. So if you are, just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you're not doing anything else to change it, right? Nothing's going to get better. So we do need to step up and we do need to get in the driver's seat and we do need to be proactive for ourselves and our own health and well-being, independent of all the junk that we're dealing with at work, right? Because that's not going to go away and it may not ever change in my lifetime, in your lifetime, but the thing that can be changed is yourself and how you are with all of that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So back to the question about, well, what do we do about it? I usually, you know, I have a, a little handout questionnaire and I need to learn first, well, what's most important to you? First of all, where are you in those six pillars? You know, what does your life look like with respect to your stress and your sleep, your connection, your nutrition, your exercise, your escapes, really getting to know the human to see what are they already doing okay or well? What are they not? Or is none of it okay? And then prioritizing, you know, what is most important and starting just with one thing at a time, right? Mm-hmm. So we as doctors, we need to do everything 150% or nothing. And so therefore, lots of time we do nothing. <laughs> so um, working with lots of Navy SEALs and first responders and SWAT teams, something I learned is that 1% better every day. Uh, so I focus on that just 1% better every day. And we yep. just start by starting. We pick one thing and and we start there. Yeah, and, that's one that's one of the key lessons for my coaching practice too, is once you have a list of things that you want to change, please don't fall into the overachievers trap of picking the biggest, hairiest, most audacious one. Mm-hmm. It's like working out. You don't start with the biggest barbell in the rack. Let's pick an easy step, a low-hanging piece of fruit, something we can knock right out of the park right now for a, a little difference and then celebrate it and go again. Yeah, that's so good. Because we know our brains, our brains are doctor brains, right? And we, right? we know how we, we think. We right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so and remembering that anything you do is more than you did before. Right. So you're so it's only can only be helpful. And research actually shows that doing something, a little bit more exercise, eating a little bit better, whatever it is, actually does improve your health. That's actually in the medical literature. So it doesn't have to be all or none. Anything you do is better than what you what you've done before or haven't done. And the thing that's really, really the important key element to make those changes effective is is understanding behavior change and how to implement behavior change. And we come back to understanding where you are in the realm of behavior change. And so starting first with the transtheoretical theory of behavior change and understanding if you're someone who's like not even contemplating doing anything, pre-contemplation, contemplation, if you're familiar or not, readiness, action, and so on, and so maintenance. And so we need to find out first, like, well, where are you? Are you doing this thing because your spouse said, hey, you need to, you need to lose some weight? Your spouse said, you got to get stopped drinking. Your spouse said, you got you have to stop coming home screaming at me. Are you doing this because you're like, hey, like, I really want to do this. So first it's figuring out where someone is in that realm of behavior. And then tapping into, usually it's a one to 10 question is, well, how confident are you that you can achieve this? And on a scale of one to 10, how important is this to you? And so what the literature shows is you need to be at least a seven for these changes to actually be effective. If you're less than a seven, we got to do some coaching. We need to get around like, well, what are the thoughts around that? Why aren't you at least a seven? Really poke some holes in where you are to get you to the point that you're at least a seven or above. And then we can create some SMART goals around that, right? Getting really specific, measurable, attainable, um, relatable, relevant, and time-bound. And then we implement. So actually, I've created this five-step behavior changes, first using that trans-theoretical theory, then focusing on confidence, focusing on importance, creating the SMART goal, and then implementing. And so many times, like, we want to do something and we're like, I'm just going to go do this thing. But we need to actually take a step back and figure out if we're even ready for that thing, if it's really important to us. So that homework needs to be done first before we even start to try and implement any changes. Yep. And that trans-theoretical mo model, if you're mm -hmm. of my age, my generation, we learned it as the stages of quitting smoking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pre-contemplation, <laughs> yeah. contemplation, planning, that kind of stuff. It, yeah. it was just called the stages of, of, I didn't know it was anything bigger than that until much later. Mm, Let's yeah. just knock this nail all the way in about small changes making a big difference. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you just a quick story. I had a client, yeah. I had a client and they said, I said, well, what do you want to do between now and our next call? And she said, I want to meditate. I said, oh, okay. How often would you like to meditate? She said, every day. I knew we were in trouble right there. <laughs> and... But I saw her again in a couple of weeks and I said, how'd that meditation thing go? And she goes, I failed. And I said, I was suspicious. So I said, hang on a second. How many times did you meditate last week? She said, five times. Mm. So she went from zero to five and considered it a failure because she set herself up to fail because she said she wanted to do it every day. Let me just ask you a question. How many times more than zero is five? <laughs> it looks like this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's infinitely more. So yes. here's, a, here's just a quick tip. If you're ever wanting to do something you've never done and you set yourself a goal for every day, that's fine. But you win 
for instance, if it's a week, seven days, you win if you do four or more. Your goal is every day, that's fine, but you win a gold medal if you do four or more. Set yourself up for a, a goal that you can achieve even if your intention is for it to be every day and watch out for absolutes, right? Yeah, they just so trap bad. you. And doctors are wired this way because we're overachievers. We want perfection in the A+. The 4.0. <laughs> and 4.0 is not enough. <laughs> I know. And you know you're a perfectionist if, again, you're of my generation, you're pissed off that people can get more than a 4.0. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. Yes. That's yes, not so, right. So good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why isn't it right? Because <laughs> I never got it. <laughs> Real simple, right? It's all about yeah. me. <laughs> Do you ever see the bunny? There's shirts that with a little bunny. It says it's all about me on it. Oh, really? I think, no, I think uh -uh. one of my kids used to have that shirt. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's that's one of the themes, right? It is all about you. Mm -hmm. It is about your intentions, what you will tolerate. One of the quotes I learned a long time ago is you don't get what you want in life. You get what you tolerate. Mm. So we're talking about getting to a point where you are stressed, upset, overwhelmed, and you choose to stop tolerating something less than optimal. And that's when you would potentially see a coach if you needed some support in those change efforts. Yeah. And you will look deep into the lifestyle medicine six pillars and find a place where people want to work. And that will be the place that they perhaps make their first change and learn how to be an agent of positive change for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man, like, so, I mean, I have a whole other set of skills that I brought into that is having my own burnout story and right. not knowing how to come out of that myself and finding ways to feel better. And it really led me to this umbrella of lifestyle medicine. But I started out really focusing on that stress piece when I recognized that was what was causing a lot of these what appeared to be disconnected symptoms um, in my own self. And I have uh, certifications in yoga therapy, in meditation, in life coaching, and then weaving all of that in under the the umbrella of lifestyle medicine. So it's just all really beautifully integrated and, you know, working with people at all those levels, their body, their mind, their soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it, the whole person. Yeah, that's one of the things that breaks my heart. You think about the three symptoms of burnout. And in our model, I teach that they represent exhaustion of certain energy accounts. There's a physical energy account that goes below zero, you're exhausted physically. There is an emotional energy account goes below zero, compassion, fatigue, cynical, sarcastic. And then there's the spiritual energy account. When it goes below zero, you think, what's the use? I'm not making the difference. Mm -hmm. So when we talk spiritual in my practice, it's about are you making the difference that you wanted to make when you chose to be a doctor in the first place? Is there some purpose and some meaning in your work? If you lose that connection, it can be really, really disheartening. Mm. Especially yeah. if the conditions of the workplace are what separate you from that feeling. Mm -hmm. And it just spills over into your personal life yep. in a really detrimental way. Kick the dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the poor dog. Yeah. Cool. So how can people reach you on the internet? What's your home website? That kind of stuff. Yeah, my website is www.stressfreemd.net. It's there where you'll find lots of information about 
what we've been talking about and more. I have a podcast called the Stress VMD Podcast where I share short, actionable bites, 15 minutes or less in general, of how you can take action and be the victor and not the victim and feel better. There are programs on demand. If you're someone who likes self-paced content, there's one-on-one coaching. Yeah, lots of things, lots of ways. And I've got four free videos on the website to help you get started. They're each about five minutes because I know how busy you are. So if you'd like to tap into some of those, you can check them out as well. Right on. And just to be clear, it was stressfreemd.net. Dot net. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had the dot com and I did not want to change my, yep. my stress for MD. I really loved it. It came to me actually in a meditation. I was like, you know, okay, we'll do the dot net. It's all right. And it's worked out. It's right worked on. out just great. And yeah. And so, and there's CME for everything too. If you're a physician, nurse practitioner, nurse PA um, for everything as well. So right on. What's yeah. one last thing you want to leave people with? Maybe a little brain tickler. If you're noticing this, you might want to do something about it. <laughs> if you're noticing that you're shutting yourself right now, and I say wipe that shut off. Right. Oh, there you go. Like, if you're noticing that you're like, I should know this. Like, I should know all of this. I should already be doing these things. I should have blah, blah, blah. Right? Should have cut a what up. I'm just here to share with you that you don't, you can't do what you don't know right? And you don't know what you don't know. And it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And it's never too late. So the reason that you're not implementing these things is because you didn't know any of them. You weren't taught any of them. There's this gigantic education gap in our system. And so I'm inviting you right now to wipe that shut off. <laughs> just get rid of it and have a clean slate and just take a step forward towards yourself now. And I'll just add a little bit. I'll pile on just a little bit. Yeah, don't shut on yourself. And if you look just a little bit deeper under the concept of, well, I really should do this, what's happening is you're realizing it is a choice that's available to you that you could make. And you're highly suspicious that it would make a difference if you did. Mm. Let me just tell a quick story. Three weeks ago, I had a stroke. I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't move my left side. Fortunately, my wife called 911 right away. I didn't know it was a stroke. You know, I'm a doctor and you think, well, I would know if I was having a stroke. Well, I didn't. I thought somebody had sewn a seal flipper onto my left shoulder. She called 911. They whipped me into the hospital at 3.30 in the morning. And after a little bit of dipsy doodle and a CT scanner, they sucked a clot out of my middle cerebral artery. And I'm left with one overriding change in my awareness. Everything is miraculous. And it's later than you think. So my hope for you is that if you're thinking, I should do something different, now's the time. It's later than you think. Get on it. Get oh, on it. Goosebumps. <laughs> Get on so it. Good. <laughs> good. Get on it. That's the mantra going forward today. Yeah, get on it. It's 2024. Why not? And today's the first day of the rest of your life, right? Mm -hmm. So, hey, Dyke Drummond here at the home of the Happy MD in beautiful Seattle, Washington with Robin Tiger MD, stressfreemd.net. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Till I see you on the next podcast, keep breathing and have a great rest of your day.